are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. So this week, I had a really fun conversation with recent World Masters gold medal winner, Ashleen Smith. Ash is a runner from Ireland who recently won a gold medal at the World Masters Athletics Championships in the 4x400 relay. She also ran to a career-high fourth place in the 1500-meter race at the same event, all of which, shortly after turning 50, recovering from COVID, and as she puts it, being smack-bang in perimenopause. And that's exactly how she put it in a story that featured her and her team in The Independent. And I'll put a link to that story, which is how I found her, in the show notes for those who want to check it out. Ash is a personal trainer, a Pilates instructor, and a deep tissue massage therapist. She's also taken Dr. Stacey Sims' Menopause for Athletes course and has applied the advice she learned there, especially lifting heavy, sprint training, and plyometrics, to turn her training around while struggling with symptoms and win that gold medal. We also talk about Ash's history as a runner and as someone who ended up running away from running early on because of the pressure to be skinny and thin equals success and all of that that led to eating disorders and stress reactions and mental health struggles. I really loved hearing about how she has reclaimed a healthy relationship with food and her body, and I think you will too. Okay, before we get to it, if you enjoy this show, if you've been inspired by guests, if you've learned from our guests, I would love, love, love for you to take a minute and tell us about it. For the next few weeks, I have an online voicemail box open for everyone where you can just click a link, leave a short voice recording, and tell us what you enjoy about Hit Play Not Pause. We'll be playing those recordings back for a special 100th episode that is coming up next month. That voicemail box is at speakpipe.com slash hit play. That is how it sounds. It's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash hit play. And you literally just push a button that says record, leave your message, and you're done. You don't have to leave your name if you don't want to. It's super easy. And I've really, really been loving hearing from women in the audience. It means a ton. So check that out. I will put a clickable link in the show notes to make it super, super easy. All right. Remember to follow us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and sign up for the newsletter and blog that we put out each week at feistymenopause.com. I want to make a quick thanks to Inside Tracker for supporting the show. I've added a bunch of black and red and pink beans and oats to my diet for the past month or so to really drive up my fiber, which comes up again and again on the show for general health and uh, improved blood work. So I'm keen to see how those influence the numbers next time I test. Finally, remember to head on over to womensperformance.com slash awards and vote in our outspoken awards, which include recognition of coaches, athletes, race directors, and more who are making a difference in their spaces. So head on over there to nominate a woman you admire. All right, that covers it for me. Let's get on with the show.
All right. Well, I am so happy that I found you, Ash, and I'm so happy that you are here and you're wearing a hit play, not pause t-shirt, which makes me just like giddy inside. Thanks, Celine. And um, thank you for finding me. I'm still a little bit in Ireland. You said gobsmacked how you did find me, but thank you for finding me and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on this show. You and Stacey Sims are my heroines. Well, I have I have many friends and they send me clips of uh, menopausal women doing remarkable things whenever they see them in the news. So I got a, you know, I have a billion things to ask you, but I want to start with that. Like your latest accomplishment was winning gold with your team in the four by 400 meter relay at the World Masters Athletics Championships. And I got this story sent to me because pretty much right out of the gate in I can't remember the newspaper, you talk about being perimenopausal and that that was something that you had to work with to get to this point. And you would also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, had a career high in the 1500 meter in that same event, uh, same championships. Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. So tell let's start there. Tell me a bit about this race. Um, your teammates, I understand that you're 50. Is everybody in the same perimenopausal phase or, you know, how do you know each other? Just talk about that first. Sure. Okay, the athletics community, the Masters Athletics community in Ireland, is it's quite a small one, and everybody does tend to get to know each other, especially when you go to these championships, the European Masters and the World Championship Masters. Now, I hadn't met Dara or Linda or Catherine before. They were my teammates, and, yeah, we were the women's 50 category. Um, for me, this was the big championships. I had marked this 18 months out as the championship I was going to target because I would have just turned 50 in May. So in the championships, it was in July. So I was going to be the young fresh blood in the women's 50 category. Anyway, nothing came together. Absolutely nothing. Training was going fabulously until January and then COVID hit. And then from COVID and from February until May, training just wasn't coming together. You got COVID? I got COVID in February and I thought I did everything right. But um, I've since put together that I think it was between COVID, perimenopause and low iron. Um, all have a crossover of symptoms, for example, muscle fatigue, breathlessness and low iron. I've since found that goes hand in hand with perimenopause too. So between the three of them, training just wasn't coming together. Heavy legs, dead legs, not able to complete sessions. Um, it was getting quite frustrating, but I just had to roll with it. Um, so, But I decided to go to Finland anyway, and I'm so glad I did because I met these fabulous women and got to hung, hang around with all my other Irish athletes. We sent 89 athletes to this championships, um, and we did really, really well um, across the board. But training did start to come together in the last couple of weeks um, before Finland. So along with the mindset change, I felt reasonably confident um, that I could give things a good shot. And then when I was selected for the relay team, I was very, very excited. Um, and we managed to pull it together on the day. And we met, we actually met in the week beforehand and we got to practice a few days beforehand as well, which was great. So we knew what each other was doing. We knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. We knew what order we'd run in. So a lot of planning went into it, thanks to the relay coordinators and the team themselves. 
Ah, okay. So I was trying to understand how that works at that level. So you decide you're going to go and then you have to qualify for your events. Is that what you're, is that what I'm hearing? And then the four of you qualify and you have to figure out what the lineup is, or is there somebody to help you out with that? There is a relay coordinator. Yeah. And we all submit, it's not, you don't, um, you submit your times, you submit your season's best times. And from that, you're chosen and allocated a team from that. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So you you know that you're on a team when you get there. You just don't know who it's going to be with. Um, not really until the last few days. Um, because some people, you know, some people end up injured, for example, or some people just yeah, it's not guaranteed until the few days beforehand. Um, that you're definitely selected. I think I found out. I found out the morning of my fifteen hundred meter race. And it just worked, you know, to really place me in that mindset where I'm going to do my damnedest in in both. Yeah. Those are two different disciplines. Um, what which is your which is your preferred, the 400 or, you know, the whole the 1500? Um, I think I, yeah, my heart is still with the 1500. Um, I love the faster stuff, though. My biomechanics aren't great, so I don't think even if I did try to specialize in the faster stuff, I don't think I would maximize my potential. Um, I had a hip thing when I was born, congenital hip displacement, dysplasia. So if you look at me when I run, I'm not a pretty runner, <laughs> but I managed to do okay in the 1500. Um, but I do love the faster stuff. And that's funny, actually, because back to when training wasn't going well, um, all through spring, I couldn't do longer reps. My muscles, the fatigue just wouldn't allow me to, but I quickly learned that I could always churn out a 200 meter rep or less. So, you know, going into the anaerobic energy system wasn't a problem. So that's something I'm going to remember and possibly it might be useful to other people. If you're feel if you're an endurance athlete and you're having problems churning out the longer reps, switch to and Stacy and yourself talk about this a lot you know this the sit into sit at sit intervals sprint intervals that really worked for me and it helped mentally and physically to know that I was doing something that was going to have a training effect and that would help me in the long run oh that makes total sense yeah that makes total sense so what was the uh has it sunk in yet like that that you guys won gold how did the was the race super close um See, we were in with the women 45 team as well, so it was hard to unpack it. No, I think we won by quite a bit in the end, actually. Um, see, there were two Finnish teams as well, so from a distance, it was hard to pick out which was which. But yeah, when we found out we did win, I'd have to ask the others. We did win by a, a, a bit, so. Excellent. Well, let, let's go back then and tell me how we got here. How long have you been a runner for? when did you start going into the perimenopausal thing that you know that for sure? And how did you navigate those waters? I would just like to hear about your athletic history. Yeah, I came back to running um, as an adult just after the birth of my second child. It was about a year afterwards. And I went back for all the, you know, what most people do for, I want to lose a little bit of weight. You know, I still had that roundness around my tummy. So I picked up my running shoes in January, 2014 it was. And thought, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> when did you when did you put them down? Like I'm hearing that you were a runner before. Ah, okay, yeah. I think I was 18 when I put them down, and 
this is why my heart now is still with 1500 meters. I was um, a middle distance specialist in my teens and I performed to quite a high level, national level. And the future was looking bright. But as is um, common with quite, you know, female athletes, um, I hit a few, I hit a few curveballs. And one of them especially was self-imposed. Um, my build is not the, the very fine-boned, long shank, you know, what you see a lot of elite distance runners. My quite muscular, naturally muscular. My thighs are quite naturally muscular. And I hated that. I absolutely hated that as a teen. And it was a very male environment. And males wouldn't think twice about commenting on your body shape or body size in front of you. So I began to get the message that thin was better, thin equals success, and I did the typical female thing and starved myself. Been there. Yeah, yeah. Stopped my period, thought that was great. I really thought that was great. You know, my periods have stopped. This must mean um, things are working. And, of course, my times did start to improve, um, but not for long. And before long, I was injured. I had um, probably a stress reaction purely because my bones weren't healthy enough. You know, they weren't getting the nutrients needed to keep them healthy. And yeah, everything started to break down. Not surprisingly. What did you do? Um, I walked away from the sport. Did you get healthier? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's never that easy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I walked away and everything yeah. was fine. <laughs> I, I actually ran away. I ran away. I wouldn't even talk about sports. I didn't even watch the Olympic Games until I think 2012. No, I ran away and I, again, and I think this is quite common as a teen, my whole identity was invested in being an athlete. Nothing else. I had I had nothing else. I loved running so much. Running was me identified with running. Running identified with me. So when I walked away from, ran away from running, I had nothing. Um, and I literally ran away to another country as well. And I, I ended up quite sadly indulging in some quite self-destructive behaviors and making some very poor life choices all throughout my 20s. Um, and I think um, with hindsight, probably trying to, okay, number one, I still carried on with the disordered eating to, you know, to an extent that it was very pervasive in every aspect of my life. Um, and I controlled that with, again, my poor choices and um, illegal substances, mainly as a man, you know, looking back as a way of controlling my weight, but also as a substitute to the void that running had left in my life. That's very common. I mean, that's, you know, that's super, super common when you have, uh like where are you getting the, that dopamine from where are you getting where are you getting all that from right like if you don't have that you're going to find it somewhere else exactly yeah and I thought I was a freak I thought I was um you know something not normal and it's only really since you know that people I've heard of this is quite a common quite a common thing with athletes or ex-athletes and realizing that you're not alone, that you're not a freak, that you're not, you know, all those negative words that you can apply to yourself um, was so helpful. So, you know, it's not something I've really talked a lot about, but I'm hoping that if anybody hears and anybody who's struggling um, in a similar way realizes that it's a process that you're going through. But there are other ways and even to prevent this happening as well. You know, it's so important that athletes don't invest all their identity 
in their sport. Well, that comes up again and again. I mean, that comes up, you know, in, in this menopausal space too, right? Like that when things start changing and you're not feeling like yourself, that identity crisis is, is real. Um, but be- before we get there, you know, you, was there, a, was, was there a pivot that sort of got you out of that less healthy path that you were on and back onto a healthier path? And then how did you have the, was it always in your mind that, man, I really want to run again? Uh, I dipped in and out of running over the years, um, mainly just, but never consistently. And it was always um, with a little bit of grief attached to it as well, you know, because I was never as quick or as fast or as fit as I used to be. So there was a little bit of letting go with that. Never joined a club. And the pivot point was actually very, when a friend died um, prematurely, he was only 25 and I used running I used to go out and run hard every day just to run my grief out. Mm. And I changed my behaviors as well. I think that was a little bit of a wake up call. I, you know, less of the self-destructive, harmful behaviors and choices. So that was in my 30s. Um, And then when my first child was born, that was the end of everything because I knew I had to make, I had to be a good role model for, you know, my, my children. And then... I was going, oh, always been late to the party. That was my late 30s. <laughs> always, yeah. So then by my early 40s, that was when I think I was ready and running was ready for me. Um, and quickly realized, you know, that we you could do this healthily. I knew a lot more. You know, you've got a bigger picture as well. Did you join a club? I did. I joined a club. I joined my ro- local club, Bray Runners. Um fabulous club great community very supportive Um, and that just you know that consistency and I had an amazing mentor as well Richard um my dad had been my coach actually in the teens and my dad now continues to to advise me in my training but the club is a fabulous institution just for supporting people who love running and want to run so tell me a little bit about like what that journey has been like from, you know, coming back into your early 40s to now, like doing these world championships at 50. Where does the whole um, hormonal shift come in? How does that affect you? I know that you are also into Pilates and you're a massage therapist. So how have you navigated these waters, you know, for the past 10 years? Uh, juggling balls, juggling a lot of balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I realized still that I wanted to run, but I wanted to run competitively. You know, that there's there's always been that competitive streak. You know, you have it. Some people have it. Some people don't. And my competitive streak was still there. Um, I did everything wrong at the start. I did too much too soon, trained too hard, didn't recover, didn't rest. But, you know, started to apply myself. I love studying. I love learning. So I applied myself to, you know, just learning more about the sport. Um, but during that, I separated from my children's dad. And I was... Um, you know, we chose that one of us would be a stay-at-home parent and I got to be that stay-at-home parent. But after we separated, that wasn't feasible. I had interrupted my PhD um, studies to have the children and then going back to that wasn't going to work. Um, so I decided to train. I retrained as a, a massage therapist, a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor bit by bit over a few years. Um, I started my own business so I can work around um, the child child care share that I have with their dad 
So that means juggling a lot of balls, but it also means that I choose what hours I work and what hours I can spend with my children. And then I fit in training with all that. And my house is an absolute mess, but something's got to give. Totally. <laughs> something, something always has to give. Um, so into the menopause transition, like where does that come in? You know, I think, I think I was aware of it when I was 45, a little bit of sleeplessness started that was also the year I went to my first European Masters Championship as well if I start yeah I think I started running again when I was 41 from 41 to 45 I had a huge upward trajectory I was improving every race training was going amazingly I did have a couple of injuries but that was the too much too soon type of injury repetitive strain 45 to 46 looking back I think you know, if you look at that list of menopausal symptoms, there's definitely a couple there. And then from probably 2019 for the last three years, I've had a huge slump in performance. Like really, you know, there were some races where my legs just would not work. And it wasn't in line with the training that I've been doing. And um, so, you know, that 34 common signs of symptoms of menopause that's going around. Looking at that, you know, I probably had quite a few. So I didn't apply the awareness I had to myself. But over the last year, um, actually, it was probably about then 2020, 2019, that I discovered you and Stacey Sims. And throughout COVID, I've started applying a lot of that stuff to my training to alleviate at least the, phys the physical signs. Like I do a lot of them. Um, biometric work I have an amazing athlete that I coach Antonia in her 20s she's new to running but she's an ex-long jumper and so springy and so we'll give everything a try so we do all our fun plyometric stuff together and that works really well and I've got another group a small tribe of women same age as me we're all runners and in their 50s and we lift heavy shit together and that works so well I mean, I'm motivated to go and run by myself, but all the supplementary stuff, you know, I really need my little tribe to help me do that, to keep motivated and do it. And we have fun. We have so much fun doing it as well. And then um, another thing that keeps me going and uh, just to help alleviate the symptoms of menopause, I do um, a sit class, a sprint interval training class via Zoom every Friday morning. So I'm the teacher, I'm the instructor. But because it's on Zoom, you know, I'm doing the, the visual reference and the reference point. So I get to do it as well. And I think that really helps with, you know, the bone remodeling, the light plyometric, the, you know, all the stuff that sit up benefits perimenopausal and menopausal women. What are you doing the, um, the sprint intervals on? We're doing it with body weight. Okay. Yeah, we're doing body weight, little cardio, ply, plyo stuff, um, you know, but short, high intensity, very short interval of time and then repeat for you know, the, the session. And what benefits did you notice? Well, I think for the women that do it in our group, they're improving their cardio health. This is what I tell them they're doing. They're improving their cardio health. They're improving their bones ability to remodel. And they're doing a little bit to counteract the osteopenia that develops around these years as well. And, um, they're also, they're improving their ability to move their skeleton. I think 
in a different way, that normal up and forwards motion that we use more and more as we get older. You know, nobody jumps for fun from side to side. Nobody jumps forward. Nobody does a little tuck jump in the air. Kids do that all the time for the joy of it, or they move their body in different ways. I try and get everybody that I work with to move their body in multi-directional movement and also to move their limbs through their full range of motion as well. And what do you personally, is there something you have personally noticed? I think all that stuff that I've done really, um, what's the word? Brain fog. (laughs) 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 I'm doing this all the time lately. Really um, supplemented the, the endurance training that I couldn't do. It has really, really added towards that because I came out in my 1500 meters in Finland, even three weeks beforehand, the the trial, the races that I'd done were not pointing to a successful race. My times were way off. It wasn't coming together, but it did in the end, because I'm convinced of the plyometric stuff, the lift, the drills, the lifting heavy, the sit training, all that supplemented my training. And I came out and I ran 10 seconds faster than I would, than I was predicted to do in my 1500 meter race, despite missing all the endurance stuff that you're supposed to do. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm impressed by it too. And I'm told, I'm really, really convinced by it. You know, I know it works. And I know that you don't have to be turning out the long endurance stuff. And if you can't or don't, it's not the end of the world because you can do other stuff. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice-cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. 
As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. We haven't really talked nutrition at all. And since, you know, eating has been an issue for you, like how have you managed your nutritional support? Yeah, I went from my teens and all through my 20s, calorie counting. I just hate calorie counting. You know, the the 80s legacy for women, I think, is particularly detrimental. So I've gone from a shift when my daughter was born. I knew, as I said, I had to model, being a good role model for her. So I changed my mindset towards food. 
just towards a healthier mindset. And this was the, the period in Ireland when mindfulness was becoming quite a thing. So I knew I had a tendency to eat my emotions. So when I was eating my emotions, say after a stressful day, for example, reaching for the, you know, the fast sugars, I just acknowledged it and didn't fight it anymore. Didn't guilt trip myself. So that was that was a step towards it. But then as I got into running more and became more aware of the value of food, now my mantra is food is fuel. I don't calorie count. I don't think of good foods. I don't think of bad foods. And now it's got to such a stage where I'm totally trusting being an intuitive eater. So, for example, I eat, you know, a little processed food, but I know from reading you and Stacy as well, that my firmicutes are under control. You know, in my gut, those little firmicutes that scream, feed me salt, feed me sugar, they're in a minority. So when my body tells me now it wants something, it needs something, a certain kind of food, I trust my body and I eat it. So my attitude to food is it is fuel and I love it. It's my, it's my friend now. Food is my friend, not my enemy. That is a very, very healthy attitude to have. And would you would you describe yourself as just eating sort of like macronutriently balanced between, you know, your proteins and your carbs and your fat? Yeah, my problem was probably my micros. Actually, I wasn't taking the time to prepare food and get the micros in. So, yeah, I've never had a problem with the macros. Um, I came to terms with good fats quite a while ago, you know, so I've, I don't avoid fat. Um. Yeah, my my little boat bear now now I'm on top of the micros, so really getting that wide range of micros that my body needs. Oh, you had mentioned the iron, like that you had had some iron, yeah. Yeah. Do you supplement or do you have that in control with your diet at this point? I do supplement because you know, I've also really cut down on animal protein. Um I do eat fish protein, but um that that took a bit of a hit and historically in my teens as well I had I was prone to anemia as well so I was wondering I don't know maybe you could um from my under I was taking I was supplementing iron all wrong and so yeah 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 so now you know I supplement on a what is it yeah Tuesday Thursday morning and a weekend morning so every second day and never the morning after a hard session because what is it? The hepcidin levels are raised. Yeah, yeah. So it inhibits the absorption of iron. So for the first this time round, I was when I was taking my iron supplements all wrong, and I wasn't improving. Like it took a month, and I still wasn't improving. So then I did a little bit more reading, and from you guys as well, I read about the hepcidin levels and timing the supplementation of your iron is very important too. Yeah, I'll put a little link to some of that in the show notes, because that is not intuitive at all. You would never think that like you need to sort of time it in this bizarre way. So you absorb it. But because of those levels of hepcidin and the things that that actually impede the absorption of it, you can be taking it like you noticed and it's not helping. It wasn't working. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you're not the first person to bring that up, which is why we we write about it. But if you don't know, and and why would you know? You know exactly. It's, yeah, it's I hadn't come across that before. So, it, but it again, once I did that, I did notice the difference within a week, ten days, and that was one of the steps that helped it again come together in time for for Finland. Excellent. That's so good to hear. I would love to wrap up and talk about uh, something that was in the 
was in the piece. You said, I feel the strongest and most at ease on my skin than ever, despite hormones not doing what they used to. And yes, making training more challenging. Like what, what is it about this time of life that has you feeling so strong and at ease in your skin? I think it's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. Um, for a lot of people, Andrew, menopause, they're leaving behind a person they used to be. But to be quite honest, I effed up my 20s so much. Only really came into myself in my 30s and 40s that, you know, I feel I've just grown into myself as a person. I'm so looking forward to the rest of my life. Um, you know, I do. I'm... I have a very close relative who has a life-limiting condition. They were diagnosed with um, breast cancer with METS five years ago. So that has been very much part of my journey, my appreciation for life and just enjoying every day, enjoying every, enjoying every moment. But the things I can do with my body now, you know, my mobility routine, my lifting heavy, um, Pilates, my strength, my body composition, you know, all that supplements the awareness that you get, you know, the bigger picture as you get older, you know, this, I, I would hate to be in my 20s again. I would absolutely hate to be a teen or my 20s. They have youth, they have collagen, they have elastin, but they don't have the bigger picture. <laughs> I just love having, you know, that, that bigger picture. I'm pretty content with my life right now. What is next for you? Give your eyes set on something, another goal? Um. Yeah, running wise, um, we have the World Indoor Championships in Poland next spring and the European Track and Field Championships in next September. I also business wise, I have um, I'm again, I surround myself with amazing people. I, have, I know two amazing people, Celine and Andrea. One's a psychologist, the other's an amazing yoga therapist and holistic massage therapist. And we're setting up a venture for retreats. For women, we're not calling it menopausal, but women of our age. And we're going to provide some mindfulness, awareness, training. Um, me with Pilates, I do deep tissue massage. Andrea is going to do yoga and uh, restorative massage. And we're just going to find, we're going to create a space where women can come to us and unwind from a busy, chaotic world and give time to themselves and you know, if they need, I can pass on the benefits of what I have learned about menopause and how to navigate it, especially physically with just the things I have learned. So we think we have a lot to give to women in that area. What do you do for your own recovery? Now, it just dawned on me that we hadn't talked about that because you do, you are a massage therapist. What, how do you uh, recover yourself from you know, these more intense workouts? Oh, um, I stretch. I don't do, you know, when I when I deliver an exercise class, um, I don't do the class. I observe, I, you know, I tweak, you know, I advise, etc. But I always do the warm-up and I always do the warm down and I always do the mobility part with, you know, not all of it. So I get to do that several times a week. I have a really good thigh massage therapist down the road. I go to her every couple of weeks. I'm more than slightly obsessive about sleep. So sleep is, you know, I really I don't make sure I get at least eight hours every night and finally I'm a huge fan of doing nothing like I'm I'm a single parent I have my own business I'm an athlete but I'm a huge fan of just downing tools and doing nothing when I can you know and that might be 
breakfast in bed, giving myself breakfast in bed um, or just sitting and reading. And again, this is why my house is such a mess. You know, that's always last on the list. But, you know, all those all those things, it's not just one component for recovery. It's all of those. And you sleep well now? Oh, Sarah cherry juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot to say, and um, just from the Menopause for Athletes course, um, I think Stacey recommended between Rhodiola, Rosea, Ashwagandha and Shisandra, a few months ago, I took the Rhodiola, Rosea, unsupplemented, and now I take it with, um, supplemented with Ashwagandha and Shisandra, but every night I have a little dash of sour cherry juice in cold water, and that right now is doing the trick. It absolutely is doing the trick. I seem to be able to drift off um straight away not every night you know sometimes after 10 minutes you wake up and your mind's already blaring but i'm sleeping through the night right now which i think is great i'm just so grateful because the sleep deprivation is is cruel yeah and i i think that piece of doing nothing is more important than a lot of people give it credit for because you know the sleep specialists that i've had on the show talk about if the only time that you settle your mind down is when you want to sleep, good luck, you know, because your mind's not going to cooperate with you. But if you sort of train it, that it's okay to settle down at different times of the day when you want to sleep and you want to settle your mind down, it's an easier task. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a to-do list freak. So all my to-dos are written down in my diary. So Maybe that maybe that helps lasting at night. I'm not thinking about oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, because I know it's on my to-do list. <laughs> I, just, I just held up my chicken scratch of a giant to-do list. But I, I do the same thing, or it I've never actually put that together, but you're right. Like if I don't if I don't have everything written down, it's just gonna be banging around in my head. Like it's just once it's down, then I'm like, okay, I, I'm not worried about it because I know that it's on the list and I'm not going to forget to do it is there uh, any last words of wisdom that you would like to to give to women in this you know in this stage that uh maybe have hit some of the same skids that you have where their legs are heavy i mean we hear it all the time you know they hit a period where wow i don't feel like i did even six months ago uh-huh okay well first of all i think when things go wrong our tendency is to beat ourselves up with our internal dialogue. So the first thing is be kind, be kind and talk to yourself the way you would your best friend. And if things aren't going right for you physically, you know, don't start saying should do this, should do that. Well, you know, change your internal dialogue to one of kindness. And I think that's really important for women that we talk to ourselves kindly and positively. And, try and keep the negative talk self-talk to a minimum even when things are you know physically it might feel like negative try and change that to a positive think about what you can do for me personally I would go back to do what you can do like I couldn't do long reps it was a slog mentally and physically focus on what you can do and celebrate that celebrate that and know that you are doing some good if you haven't been do all the things that you, Celine, and Stacey recommend. Do some jumping. Do some sprint interval training. Definitely lift heavy. Um, for runners, you know, something like hill sprints are a great idea. You know, they have so much training benefit, but you can always do them on tired legs or heavy legs. Um, 
talk to people as well. Share your experiences with your fellow perimenopausal and menopausal women, but most of all, be kind to yourself. Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with CrossFit and nutrition coach Shauna Norton, who operates Competitive Female Training, a women's only coaching program. We talk about how she modifies traditional CrossFit workouts and the fueling around them to optimize them for menopausal women's needs. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.